he became confused as to what is right and what is wrong. And most people like to think of themselves as good. I presume that everyone who's come here today wants to be a good person, isn't it? People who want to be good, they come to religious meetings. So it is good to be good. Although on the way here I saw a cinema poster that advertised a movie and it said it's good to be bad. And this is the uh, demoniac or Asuric propaganda that's going on in the modern world. But even if we want to be good, we may be confused as to what is good. That's what happened to Arjuna. We, uh, we also may be confused as to what is good due to various propaganda that goes on in the world. Now, for instance, uh, some people think that it's very good to eat chicken. Although, uh, from time immemorial it's been understood, uh, at least in Hindu culture, that uh, eating animals is not very really good, it's not very really, uh, conducive to spiritual advancement. It's simple. So, generally, Somehow or other, there's the idea, it's quite common in modern society, that you can be good to your family and good to other people, but it doesn't matter if you uh, cause suffering to animals and chickens by killing them and eating them. And sometimes they make propaganda that, well, what would happen if we didn't kill the chickens? And they'd be, we'd be overrun by chickens. It'd be Millions of chickens all over the place, in our bathroom, in our bedroom, on top of our TV, and everything. Another example of how uh, the culture has changed from being a godly culture to a demonic culture, I'll give another example. In Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna speaks of the godly culture and the demonic culture, culture. So, uh, just a few generations ago, uh, well actually for thousands of years, it was understood that abortion is a very simple thing to do. No one even thought of it in the state of the city. But nowadays it's considered quite normal and good. So this is an example of how people, they want to be good, but they think they're being good, but actually they're performing or they're surrounded by a simple there's a very popular book in the Western world, a book written in English. It's been popular for about the last 10 years or so. It's called Chicken Soup for the Soul. The idea is that chicken soup is something that your mother feeds you. And so it's all stories of how people are nice to each other. So the idea is that humans should all be nice to each other by doing things like giving each other chicken soup. It just goes to show how ignorant in the Western countries they are, of the laws of nature. Because uh, however much we may like the taste of chicken soup, it's uh, sinful to kill animals and eat them So the desire to be good is good, but we should learn from Shastra what it actually means to be good. Arjuna's desire was to be good, but he became confused as to what to do to meet him. The situation was that he was called to fight. There are some people who say that, well, fighting must always be bad. But that's not necessarily so. The fighting of 
Buddhas and Dakoids, that's not good. That's why in human society there should be Kshatriyas like Arjuna to protect the honest citizens from Buddhas and Dakoids. So Arjuna was poised to fight on behalf of Yudhishthira against the sons of Dhritarashtra headed by Duryodhana who had usurped the throne. So the cause for Arjuna to fight was proper, but Arjuna became doubtful. He thought that, well, after all, these are uh, the opposing party, are our uh, kinsmen. So to kill our kinsmen is not good. And in his, in, uh, in his confusion, Arjuna turned to Krishna for kindness. Now this is another very important point that we learn from Bhagavad Gita. That even if we are uh, very materially qualified, uh, we still need to accept the Guru for proper guidance. We can't work out everything by ourselves. Even uh, Arjuna himself, he was quite learned in Shastra even before he heard Bhagavad Gita from Krishna. In Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna discusses uh, many metaphysical topics, such as Yatha, such as Karma, Jnana, Yoga, Bhakti, Atma, Adhyatma, Bhagavan, Ishvara, Dharma, Karna Ityana. So even to discuss this with Arjuna, Arjuna must have had some concepts of all these different topics. Other important topics, Kala, Purusha, Prakriti, Jiva, Maya, so these are not topics that you can just discuss with anyone or just someone off the street. Or even if we go into the university, we go into the history department and we say, now I would like to discuss with the professor about the interactions of Purusha and Prakriti. Even if someone is learning, but unless they're learning in these particular topics, uh, they won't be able to understand. So Arjuna was uh, already uh, qualified for, for somewhat prime, pre-qualified uh, for discussing these topics. But nevertheless, he became as bewildered as anyone else who was in complete ignorance like him. The reason is that uh, because Arjuna was emotionally involved uh, in the proceedings and could not take an objective view. As Lord Krishna explained in Bhagavad Gita, Jayate Vishayantam Samhite 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 Smriti Dhamshat, Buddhi Dhamsha, Buddhi Smriti. By meditating or contemplating the objects of the senses, one becomes attached to them. And from a general uh, sense of material attachments arises specific desire. And from that arises anger, which includes frustration. 
because if one's material desires are not fulfilled, one feels frustrated. And even if one's material desires are fulfilled, one still feels frustrated. Because the satisfaction that one thought one would get from fulfilling one's material desires doesn't happen, and therefore we feel frustrated. So from anger, kopa, comes this uh, bewilderment. And then one forgets what one is supposed to be doing. And in this way, buddhina one's intelligence is spoiled. Even if one is uh, highly learned in Shastra, one's intelligence is spoiled by contemplating this world as a place of our material enjoyment. Which is why Krishna, he chastised Arjuna. Arjuna put many what seemingly good arguments as to why Arjuna should not fight. But Krishna outright calls Arjuna a fool. Arjuna, you're talking like a big fool. You're talking as if you really know a lot, as if you're a very intelligent person. But a really learned person, Krishna said to Arjuna, doesn't talk like this at all. You are lamenting, Krishna said, for that for which one should not lament. One who is actually learned does not lament, either for the living or the dead. And Krishna went on to explain the most basic teaching of spiritual knowledge. That is the difference between the body and the soul. When the body dies, which is inevitable, the soul continues to exist. If I ask someone, who are you? They will reply in, uh, in terms of their present material existence. For instance, you might say, I am, uh, my, my name is S. Subramanian. I am a resident of Perambur in no. Chennai. I'm 13 years old. I work for the Southern Railway, the Southern Railway building. And uh, I have my wife and two children. I'm qualified with BSc, and uh, I watch the Chennai, what's that, Red Knights or something like that, cricket thing? Chennai uh, Super Knights. I watch the Chennai Super Knights cricket team, whatever it means. Super Kings. They're not just kings, they're Super Kings. I watched the Chennai Super Kings cricket team. So, uh, this is all nonsense. Because uh, we may ask, okay, 30 years old, so Mr. S. Subramanian, where were you 31 years ago? You say, no, I'm 30 years old. And they say, well, where were you 31 years ago? What will he say? From Bhagavad Gita, we understand that he was present somewhere in this material universe, but not as S. Subramanian. Everything in this world has a beginning and an end. Just like a few years, maybe two years ago or three years ago, there was no Chennai Super Kings cricket. And after some time, there will also be no Chennai Super Kings. Whoever is a Super King today, after 10 or 15 years, they'll all be retired. For that matter, some uh, few hundred years ago, there was no Chennai. And there will come a time when the whole universe will be destroyed. Everything in this world is temporary. 
But we, spirit soul, we are all eternal. Before this body existed, I existed. This body will die soon. This body is 53 years old. So I'm told, according to my birth I don't expect to be in this body for another 53 years. So even if we take a young child, you also won't live very long in that body. But you will live forever. So instead of concentrating on this body, we should concentrate on the welfare of the eternal soul. This is the first essential teaching of Bhagavad We change body from boyhood to youth to old age. And then we change from one body to another. A sober person is not bewildered. Someone may listen to this and they may comment as follows. Well, Swamiji has come from the western countries and he's learned Hindu philosophy very well. This is not Hindu philosophy. It is not true that Hindus only get born again and again and Muslims and Christians don't. It's not that because Hindus believe in reincarnation they get reincarnation and Muslims and Christians don't and therefore they don't get reincarnation. This is the spiritual science taught by Lord Krishna and other this example he gives, that we see, just like we see in this hall present today, there are children, just like this young girl sitting here. Then there are uh, youths, people of teenage, there are young adults, middle-aged adults, old adults. Someone who is in an old body, they were previously in a child's body, then a youth's body, then a young adult's body, then a middle-aged adult's body, now they're in an old body. Young body has gone. It doesn't matter how much yoga you do, or you will go to a, some clinic to get some treatment, but you cannot bring back the young body. It is yoga. But the person who was once a young child jumping and playing, who is now old in an old body, it's the same person. The body has changed, but the person stays the same. So when the body gets completely old and worn out, then by the arrangement of material nature, we get a new body. This is not a matter of Hindu belief. It is the science of material nature described by Lord Krishna in Bhagavad So, uh, the first lesson is we should not be too much attached to this material nature. But rather, having attained this human form of life, we should uh, use the intelligence that is only available in the human form of life to get to perform the kind of activities that will help us to get free from repeated birth. <laughs> Lord Krishna states that the human body is attained after many, many births. We have all been through many, many births. As Lord Krishna states in Bhagavad Both you and I, Arjuna, have been through many, many births. But only in this human birth we have sufficient intelligence to understand the purpose of life. 
It is a rare opportunity and an extremely valuable opportunity. Therefore, if we are actually intelligent, we do whatever is required in this life so that we don't get born again. Because that is another important teaching of Bhagavad That this cycle of birth and death is simply miserable. Material existence is simply miserable. Janma Mrityu Jaraviya Dhi Dukha This material world is pervaded with the miseries of birth, death, old age and disease. So we should do what is required to get free from birth. Think, well, why not enjoy myself? It's, uh, in, now it's Navaratri going on. It's a big festival in North India. In, here also, but in, in Gujarat especially, they have the Garba Day which was originally a uh, religious affair in, in a kind of worship of Amba Durga. Now it's become uh, commercialized and there are big maidans or stadiums the young people, they entertain a thousand rupees with all the big speakers, with all the rock groups and it's completely just like a big party. So some weeks after the Dharva dance, then at the abortion clinics there's more Dharva path, which means abortion. So just see the influence of Kali Yoga. It was a religious affair and it's become an affair completely of lust and sin. So, uh, Yeah, so if we think that, well, let me enjoy myself, I can go to the disco, the, the Dharva dance, and enjoy myself. Well, the, uh, Lord Krishna says that we already enjoyed ourselves in so many species of life. Enjoyment is sense enjoyment, but that's not actually enjoyment, as Lord Krishna states. The interaction of the senses with the sense objects, we think that is enjoyable. We think that by looking at my sins you'll be happy, by embracing a beautiful woman you'll become happy, by taking wine and whiskey you'll be happy, or maybe if they're not a wine and whiskey drinker, at least in South India, Hot, strong coffee is an essential part of life. Brahmins especially, they have to drink plenty of strong coffee. This is all sense practices. And beginning, middle and end, it's in, although we think it's a uh, cause of happiness, beginning, middle and end, it simply results in misery. Therefore, an intelligent person does not take passion. So I just touched very briefly on some of the teachings of Bhagavad And uh, if you have listened carefully and thoughtfully, which I hope you have, I hope you can understand that the knowledge that you have received is more valuable than anything that you have been taught in any school or college. You certainly won't get this kind of knowledge by going to the movies. So one should seriously study Bhagavad it's, uh, it's only 700 verses, but for one who studies Bhagavad Gita seriously, then all the knowledge, the essential knowledge by which we can perfect our life, 
was given therein. So previously I mentioned some of the important topics of Bhagavad Gita. Ishvara, Karma, Kala, Prakriti, Jiva, Jiva, five core topics of Bhagavad Gita. But uh, you have to study yourself to understand all these topics. And here from devotees who have carefully studied these topics and dedicate their lives to living according to the teachings of Bhagavad Gita. So without discussing all these various topics which will take us a very long time, I'll just, uh, to finish this uh, talk, I'll discuss the most important topic of The most important topic, the essential topic, is love, which may seem very strange, because Bhagavad Gita was spoken on a battlefield. And Arjuna didn't want to fight. And Krishna told Arjuna that he must fight. Now it would seem that Arjuna, he loved everyone and therefore he didn't want to kill anyone. But Krishna spoke Bhagavad Gita in which the essential teaching is love. And Krishna told, after teaching this all to Arjuna, Krishna, by doing so, he incited Arjuna to fight. And Arjuna subsequently killed thousands and lakhs of people. So this is an apparent paradox. The word that's used in Bhagavad Gita for love is uh, bhakti. Bhakti is a more specific term than love, which is uh, quite a vague term. Bhakti means surrender to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna. Sometimes we hear about Deja Bhakti or Bhakti for the country. Maybe there's Cricket Bhakti, Chennai Super Kings Bhakti. But that cannot actually... Bhakti, properly defined, can only be for Krishna. Because Krishna is the one Supreme Personality of God. And it is the constitutional position of the Jiva to be subordinate to Krishna in loving devotion service. So the attempt to love anyone separately from loving Krishna must fail. The proper object of our devotion is Krishna. And not understanding this was the root cause of Arjuna's confusion. Not understanding this is the root cause of everyone's confusion, everyone in the material world. All the problems in the world are caused by us not recognizing that we are simply meant to serve Krishna. How many problems are there in the world? Is it possible to say? There are about, what, 7 billion people in the world, something like that? And every one of them has many, many problems. How can we solve all the problems of the world? There are economic problems. Pretty much everyone in the modern age has an economic problem, isn't it? There never seems to be enough money. However much money you get, it's never enough. And, uh, well, in Chennai usually there's a too much heat problem. And then that becomes more when there's not enough electricity generated. So the suffering in the heat with no electric power. There's corruption problem in the state. Generally there's the problem of not enough water, not enough rain in Tamil Nadu, although this year was the rain quite good, 
the rest of India, yes, northern Tamil Then there is health problems. Is there anyone present here who does not have any health problems? No, everyone has health problems. Uh, so many problems, ecological problems. And in human society, there are always different opinions, different political parties oppose each other. Congress, what's the left of that? It's DMK and AI, so as far as the DMK is concerned, the AI DMK is a problem, and the AI DMK thinks that the DMK is a problem. Then uh, we, we invent new problems also. If we, if we think that I, I'm a follower of the Chennai Super King, so when the star bowler of the Chennai Super Kings gets a, gets a strained wrist or goes out of form, we think, oh, it's a big problem. It's not really a problem. It's really got nothing to do with us. But because we identify that I want the Chennai Super Kings to win, we think, oh, it's a terrible problem. What's going to happen? Maybe we'll organize some special home at the Mariaman Temple so that his wrist can get cured quickly. Yesterday or the day before, I was browsing through the international news just to get a sample of the uh, international stupidity. I came across a controversy that's made the news in America. Should people hang their clothes out on the line to dry or not? In many areas it's forbidden. They say it looks horrible. It will lower the prestige of our neighborhood. And then we can't sell our buildings, we can't sell our houses for the same high price. So you should use this uh, electric spin dryer. And on the other side are the group who say, no, we have the right to dry our clothes on the line. It's free, why should we spend money? And these machines, they make so much pollution. And when we dry it in the fresh air, it smells very nice. So this is a controversy going on between the, those who think, we have the right to dry our clothes on the line. The other said, no, you shouldn't be alone. And there's even a case where someone shot someone else dead in an argument about this. So, in this way, the whole world is full of problems, including whether or not we should hang our clothes on the line to dry. So this material world is full of problems, and if there are no problems, then we'll invent some new problems. Especially in Kali Yoga, people are always fighting. If there's nothing to fight about, they'll fight about whether or not to dry your clothes on the line. And then they invent some cricket team so that you can have some new focus for your problem. So there's no end to the problem. The only solution to all the problems is to realize that we are all meant to love Krishna. What to mention all these little problems? They're a very big problem, just like terrorism is a big problem. No one can say it's a small problem. The possibility that when you're just going in the local train, all of a sudden it will blow up and your, your body will be smattered into 600 pieces. It's a real risk. So from little problems to big problems, this world is full of problems. But the root of all problems our only real problem is that we don't recognize that we are men 
for loving Krishna. So when we love Krishna by the process of bhakti yoga, that solves all problems. Yeah. That means we will go to Krishna, we won't get born again in this material world. And even in this material world, the problems will be largely diminished if we take to Krishna bhakti. We won't uh, argue over little things about whether or not we should dry our clothes on the line. And we won't waste time with cricket or such stupid things. We all chant Hare Krishna together. So the real problem in the world is only one, and that is a lack of Krishna. This is Krishna's message to Arjuna on the battlefield. And although it might seem that, well, if you really love, then you won't kill so many people. But Krishna gave this task to Arjuna to perform as an act of bhakti. Bhakti means that sometimes we have to do something that we ourselves don't want to do, but we do it for the sake of love for another. Because the party of Duryodhana was sinful, they required to be removed from the world. Krishna could have done that himself, but he gave the task to Arjuna. Krishna will not ask us to do such a terrible thing. In this coming world, Krishna comes as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and he asks us to simply chant Hare Krishna, dance and take Krishna Prasad. Study Bhagavad Gita, Unmai Uruvil, as it is, and live by them. So in this Kali Yoga, the path of bhakti, which is always joyful, is more joyful than ever before. Yeah? The path of bhakti, which is always joyful, is especially joyful in this Kali Yoga. In Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, Satitam Kirtayanta Maam, the Mahatmas, always chant the Bhagavad we always perform Krishna So this is the path of Bhagavad Gita in Kali Yoga. Live a good life, don't eat chicken. Only take Krishna Prasada. Krishna is not a chicken eater. Krishna takes very nice, healthy, sattvic food. And we should also take Krishna Prasada. So chant Hare Krishna, take Krishna Prasada, study Bhagavad Gita. And be happy in this life. Prepare ourselves to go to Krishna. This is the path of Bhagavad Gita. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna.